0: A, a subject, a message, a series of messages on, on authority and dominion, and I was thinking this, this morning, you know this, uh, the thought of dominion uh, is, is, approaching it from this perspective is, is a new one for me. You know, we've taught on authority for years. But when you when you start mixing the word dominion in there, it uh, changes your thinking. So, uh, you know, if you watch Jesus and you, and you listen to the things that he said, you'll find out the important things to the Father. He said, "I only do and say the things that that my father tells me." So, um, as you read through the through the Gospels, in particular, we we see what's important to the Father. Now, keep in mind that uh, the Father and Jesus weren't focused just on the present. The here and now; they were all they they were and still are. Looking at the end result, eternity. That's that's a, that's the real big thing with the Father. The things that we do do now will have a, have any have an effect on our eternity. In a lot more ways than what you can imagine. Matthew chapter 6. I'm um, going to start with verse, verse 1. Jesus is, is talking to the disciples, and um, he says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Do you still need to go higher or what? I've got a ringing up here. Okay, that's it. It's either there or here. One of the two. Okay. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a a trumpet before you as as the hypocrites. Notice how he labels them. As the hypocrites do in the synagogue. This is going on in church. And in the streets... That, that they may be glorified from may have glory from men assuredly I say to you they have the reward but when you do a charitable charitable deed do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing that your your charitable deed may be done in, may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly And when you pray, notice the two things that he's dealing with here, giving and praying. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners, corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their rewards. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. So there's, there should be a place that you go where you meet, you go to meet with Father. There's a place that, that He's waiting to meet with you. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. What Jesus is, is talking about here in this chapter is, is it, it's the common things, but for Him at this time, it was the common uh, everyday thing of life. This was just a common, common things that He's talking to the disciples about. You know, the religious people, the, uh, the leaders, the religious leaders, I guess. I don't know how to say it. They were, they were doing things, praying and giving to the poor. They were doing things in, op- in the open to, and it was a big production. Yeah. You know, some of them would have people that would go before them in the street blowing trumpets. I'm paying these guys to go before me before I give to the poor. You know, the poor, they might go, "Mm, no thank you. (laughs) After a production like that? No. The disciples of John were... uh, John, when, when John the Baptist came... He didn't go by himself to preach. He had disciples that he was training. Okay? So you you see Jesus and and his disciples. John had disciples. And you'll, you'll find in the Scriptures that he was down baptizing one day and he sees Jesus coming and he says, he's talking to his disciples. Behold, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sin of the world. And, it, and it, you go on a little bit further, and it was like this was the next day or the day after that. Again, we have the same, same thing. Only this time, His disciples caught it. And they leave John, and they go... You, you find that Andrew was one of those, and there was another one that had been with, with John the Baptist. But now they have gone over to Jesus, and you'll notice John doesn't become upset about it. That wasn't the thing; he wanted them to go with Jesus. That's where they needed to be, not with him. But. Uh, the, the uh, disciples of Jesus saw John and his disciples, and they they looked at, look at Jesus and said, teach us to pray. John's disciples know how to pray. Lord, teach us. In uh, Matthew 6, 9 and 10, out of the Wade translation, it says, You, on your part, therefore must pray thus. This is the way you pray. Our Father that art in heaven, let thy self-revelation be held in reverence. Let thy dominion be established. Let thy will be accomplished as perfectly upon earth as they are in heaven. Now, you say, well, why would, they, why would he tell them Pray like this. God's sovereign. Dominion is His. He can do whatever He wants. No. See, this this is one of those things that really bugs people because they think they've been told, you know, God can do anything. Well, if that's the case, how come He doesn't make you pay your tithes? Anyway, moving right along. Uh, put, it, put it back up there. <coughs> now, see, God had given to Adam the earth and everything on the earth. He was, quote, God with a little g over the earth. He turned around and sinned and his authority... When he, when he bowed to Satan and partook of the fruit, Satan took his dominion. Adam is no longer the, the manager of the earth. He blew it. His authority has been transferred to Satan. Now, God is on the outside looking in. You know, it says that He came and walked in the, in the garden every day with Adam and Eve, and they talked and they fellowship. Now, it's not His. The earth doesn't belong to Him. But now, He's talking, God, uh, uh, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and He says... You, in, as far as your life, pray this way. That, that God would come and establish dominion through you in the earth. See, we're the ones that have to give Him entryway. Making Him Lord in our life. He now has access to our life to everything we have to do with through us. Yes. Can you see that? Yes. I think it was John Wesley made the statement it's, he, he he said this, it seems like God can do nothing in the earth unless a man ask him. I think I think it hmm? I think that was Wesley that said that. Okay? So now how much leeway do you give him in your life um, come on down a little bit there john six thirty three we're we're still we're st- he's still talking to the disciples but notice what he says here this is a this is a very common verse most Christians know it but I want to read this to you out of the out of this translation he says But make your first aim, make your first, I think we could say it like this your first and foremost aim, His dominion and His righteousness. And all these things will be granted to you in addition. You know, He's talking to them. Uh, they're they're talk- still talking about praying. And, and uh, he said, You know, the, the Gentiles pray like this. They're praying for all their stuff. That's what they're concerned with, that's where their focus is. And he says, No, he, he says, But make your first aim, make your priority. Hello? Here Jesus is, he's talking about priorities in prayer. Okay? We are to put God's priorities first when we pray and not our priorities first. He says, when you put His priorities first, then all these things you'll get all of these other things. Okay. Now let's go over to uh, Matthew chapter Matthew chapter eleven. Matthew chapter eleven, verse eleven and twelve. This is this is the Wade translation. He says. In truth I tell you there has not been been forthcoming among among the offspring of women a greater than John the Baptist yet he that is he that is of lowest rank in the dominion of the heavens is greater than he Now what is he talking about here If John is such a such a uh, noteworthy person that he he uses him as an example here and then he says he comes on but, but uh, he that is of lowest rank in the dominion of the heavens is greater than John what's he saying? John the Baptist came before the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus he came before the new creation reality came in You see, you and I have something that John didn't enter into. A new birth. So we're part of the family. John was a servant. You follow me? Verse 12, But from the days of John the Baptist to the present... Now, if you go back and I think it's uh, Matthew, you go back and you see John went out preaching. And look at what he went preaching. He went out preaching the dominion. From the days of John the Baptist to the present... The dominion of the heavens is being forcefully entered, and forceful men seize upon it. How can men seize that? John went and preaching it, and these are the, this is the result. People, people that caught it. Took it and began doing it. Jesus went up, when he came on the scene, began preaching the same message the dominion, the gospel of the dominion of God. And people were, there were people that were catching it. And when they caught it, they began doing it. but from the days of John the Baptist to the present, the dominion of the heavens. You see, that it says, it says uh, in the King James, but the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Here it says the dominion of the heavens is being forcefully entered and forceful men seize upon it. Go with me over to uh, Mark, uh, Matthew 4. Jesus began His ministry preaching the gospel of the dominion. The gospel. Not the, do- not the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the dominion. You know, when you put it like that, it just kind of... It puts a whole different twist on the on the things that we thought used to think. You know, I, I let me let me say this. I can't I can't back it up from scriptures, but knowing the Father, knowing Jesus, I think I can back it up. They were up to here with the things that. The devil was getting away within the earth and what he was doing to mankind. And they, want, they, wanted, they wanted men to step up into this dominion to stop it. John, uh, Jesus, um, so he, he let, me, let me back up here. Matthew 4. Matthew 4, 23, out of the Wade translation, it says, And Jesus made a, 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 uh, a circuit over the whole of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues uh, of the Galileans, and proclaiming the good news about God's dominion, and curing every kind of disease and every kind of malady among the people. Notice, he was going Everywhere preaching this message. In uh, Matthew 4, 16 and 17, it says, And the people that were, were seated in darkness saw a radiant light. You know, when he came with this message, the light came on for people. You know, instead of being bound in darkness, the light came on. And they began to see things. And on those, those seated in the land of deadly gloom, on them light dawned. The light bulb came on. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim and to say, Repent. In other words, what we talked about last week. Change your thinking. Change the way you see things. For the dominion of the heavens is close at hand. As I was going through scriptures, looking at the word uh, kingdom out of the King James, uh, I, I began to see, see that this seemed to be one of the major messages that Jesus went about preaching. The dominion. And I thought, wow. He, he, he wasn't... Uh, he wasn't received very well when he first came, when he first started his ministry. And we see, saw that uh, he went from, vil, from, the, from the cities and villages, you know, all around, teaching the same message. You know, faith comes by hearing. I, I just wonder, how many of you were, got born again the first time you heard the gospel? First time. Usually people have to hear it a few times before it begins to sink in. And then people get born again. Faith comes by hearing. And that's what, that's what the people uh, rejected him to begin with, but he kept going, kept on, kept on, teaching everywhere he went. The same message. This message of dominion was so important that people had to had to get faith in them in what he was saying for it to have an impact in their life. Um, Matthew chapter 18. I don't know what to, how to type what kind of a title to put on this message this morning. It's just uh, just different things that I'm seeing. As I'm going through looking at looking at dominion um, I'm sure you've heard this this thought before that when Jesus went around and he he chose twelve uh, you know he didn't he didn't choose twelve people with sterling characters and uh, they were, ju- they were the, the cream of the crop. You say, well, yeah, Judas was it. No, no, no. Watch. Watch this. Uh, Matthew 18, first verse. Just about that moment, the disciples, uh, the disciples approached Jesus and inquired, who, pray, is greatest in the dominion of the heavens? Who's the greatest? You know, uh, when I was studying this, this this came to me, so I'm going to use this. uh, In 1943, 45, in there somewhere... uh, what we call the healing revival, started. And there were a lot of evangelists that would go around the United States putting up tents and having crusades. And uh, <clears throat> some of them were real stinkers. I, you know, I can say that now they're dead. Most, most of you don't even have any idea who I'm talking about. But some of them were just real... Uh, one of them in particular was Jack Coe. He, he grew up as an orphan and um, went into the military. And, and it, he, he had said, growing up as an orphan, he, he learned to fight. I mean, he was fighting all the time. Went into the army during World War II, got out. And uh, went to school for a while. And then went, went uh, into the traveling minister ministry as a, an evangelist. And uh, had a, one of the top ministries of the healing evangelist. He was one of the top five or six, whatever. Um... I I don't remember if I read it or I heard it, but uh, he had such a, a miraculous ministry. Somebody brought to him a child that was crippled, never had walked. He prayed for this child, and you know they. If you've ever seen Oral Roberts' ministry, there was a a a, a thing where you could you could come across. And he was sitting up here. And so he's sitting up two or three feet off the ground, you know, off the, you know because of the platform. Anyway, he, he got up and uh, he prayed for this child and held this child out and dropped him. Now, if this kid doesn't hit the ground running, you're in trouble. You've got 20,000, 30,000 people here and they're watching you. And when he dropped the child, it was like, if you didn't have a good breath of air, you lost your chance because everybody went, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he dropped this child and when the child hit the ground, he took off running. I mean, that was, that was the kind of things that he did. He, he had spectacular. There's, there was a, a school for the... I don't remember if it's was the blind or the deaf, in Dallas. And they brought all of the students to the tent and had him pray for them. I think it was it, deaf. It was deaf. Maybe it was the deaf. Deaf or blind, one of the two. Um, and all of them except one were healed. And you know... Uh, these men would get together, uh, most of them, a lot of them, were Assembly of God. And they would go to, go to uh, the assemblies would have a yearly, uh, I think it was a yearly, where, where everybody comes for a conference, convention, there you go. And uh, some of these men would be standing around and they were strutting like a, rooster. And they were talking about, you know, how great they were, and they were this and they were that. And, you know, people were getting healed in their ministries and just, you know. Some of this stuff was new. I mean, you, we had never seen this in the United States. And... uh You know one thing i i I really really liked uh, tommy tommy what Whischel when he came, the stories that he told about uh the people that were there at azusa Street you know they they told him their stories that's the name of the book and uh the, the thing that, that kept coming out when he would relate the stories is how they would get excited when they saw somebody come in that needed to be prayed for, a crippled, a blind, a whatever. They would get excited at what the Lord was going to do, not them. and uh this this is one thing a lot there there were quite a number of these men that were uh in this category back in nineteen forty whatever that died prematurely yes. I'll give you an example brother hagen was was praying, and uh, let me start here h. c. Noah was a pastor. In uh, in in South South Dallas. Uh, let's see, what was that called? Yeah, it was the First Assembly. But I mean, I'm trying to remember the area of uh, Dallas. But anyway, it was it was there in Dallas, and uh, had a growing church, and it it uh, later it became a. A really large church and uh, this gentleman that I was talking about decided that he was going to build build a church what we would call a mega church that he was he was uh, building a church there close not too far from pastor Noah's church and uh, he, Pastor Noah was out driving around one day and he went by, he wanted to see the, see the structure and uh, Jack Coe was there and so they got to talking he and he finally asked him, he says, how, do, how are you planning to fill this building with people and pay for it? How are you going to pay for this? And he says, oh, I'm going I'm to build it off of your people and people around here that have other churches. Do you understand what I just said? I'm going to steal your people, and they're going to come here, and he could, have, he could have done it. But you see, the thing was, he wasn't a pastor. He was an evangelist, but he was going to steal people from out from all these churches around and build his church. And he could have done it. People were people that were that uh, excited about the things that, that were going on. And, um, you know, H.C. Noah, I met him and, and we talked a couple of times. He was love personified. I mean, the presence of God on him was just awesome. And, and he was such a sweet man, such a loving guy. And, uh, you know, he, here, here this guy is and he tells you that. What are you going to do? So anyway, Brother Hagin was praying one day and he said the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go talk to Jack Coe about three things. He said, I want you to go talk to him about his love walk, about his appetite, and about his attitude towards money. He would have, or start with the money, he would have... uh, a healing line, and he would have, have a spectacular something happen, I mean, more than just a, a blind eye open, you know, <laughs> that's a biggie to me, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, I don't know, somebody had arthritis or something, and they, you know, they, they got free, and it was no more pain, and they no, no, we're talking about somebody getting healed, getting out of a wheelchair, uh, getting up off of a, 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 a bed, and walking away that they that couldn't do that before. And uh, boy, I mean, the crowd just went crazy. And when you got twenty or thirty thousand people, they're just going, you know. And and he would stop them right then. He would stop in the middle of the line. He's, you know, he's got all these people waiting on him. And he'll stop right then and go and receive an offering. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? It's his attitude. When you have something like that happen, people are wanting, they want to give. But see, his attitude was money, not the line of people that were waiting on him. That needed help, that came desperate for a prayer. So his his attitude was not a healthy attitude, and some of that came from the way he grew up. He he had to fight for everything he had, and you know, so he didn't deal with that attitude from the old life. Brother Hagin, these are his words. The Lord said, go and talk to him about his, his appetite. Uh, when he first started, after, after the, the service would end, late at night, he would go to get something to eat and he would go and get a, a sandwich or something or a bowl of soup and go to bed. And um, he went in I don't know whether this was a one-time thing or several times, but he would go in and see a sinner sitting there eating a steak. And he thought, he got, he thought you know, that, that carnal flesh began to flare up. And he said, well, if a sinner can eat that, I can too. You know, eating a, a, a full steak dinner that late at night and then you're going to go to bed... He was he was a large man. He was a large gentleman. Now use that generously. His his attitude towards other believers was not he wasn't walking in love. He wasn't walking in love towards the family. He wasn't walking in love towards other ministers in the family. And Brother Hagin went, he was a a prophet, and he went to talk to him. And he said, you know, and he's standing there and he's talking to to the whole body of second year students when he's saying this. And he said, uh, I went to talk to him and I could tell he wasn't listening to me. He wasn't hearing the thing I said. So he said, well, Went and got in the car and left, uh, and the Lord told him he's going to die. <clears throat> so he was at one of these uh, Assembly of God conventions. You know, this is this is several months, quite a number of months later. You know, the Lord gives people a chance to get their act together. And I think he, I think it was 18 months later. He was at one of these conventions. And word came in the middle of the service that Jack Coe had been taken to the hospital and they're wanting prayer, wanting us to pray for him. And so they, they gave, gave the people an opportunity to come Come down to the, to the front to pray. We're going to go, go pray for Jack. Brother Hagan left Mom up here in the, in the seat He left. He walked down the aisle. He got about halfway down the aisle and stopped dead still, turned around and walked back to sit down. And she said, what what did the Lord say to you? He said, He's going to die. He died. Died in his 30s. 30s. That's too early. But he wasn't the only one that died. There were others I'm talking about dealing with dominion. Dealing with the power of God. You need to have your hands clean. Because you represent the Lord. Now there's no need to get into fear. Just stay in the Word. Stay in fellowship. And listen to the Lord. Okay, Luke chapter nine. Put that up there for me, Luke. I, I, I bring this up simply because, you know, like those men were entering, they were they were walking in a new era, era. Uh, at that time, and what we are starting to see is a new dimension of some of those things more than what we've ever seen. So, um, you know, I just can't say it enough. Walk in love. You know, my wife says something to me that just really irritates me and I I can whip back at her and say something ugly and then we've got something going here. But what profit is there in that? Shut your mouth and walk off. And then go and, and say, Lord, I, I didn't like what she said, but I, I shouldn't have that attitude in me. Okay? You can have heaven on earth or you can have hell. What do you want? I, I choose not to have it. I don't want that. I just soon put my arm around my wife and hug her and kiss her and, and have a happy home. That's right. What good does it do for me to, to get into strife? Not a thing in the world. Luke chapter 9 verse 46 out of the Wade translation. Now, Now, there arose among them an argument. Okay? Over in Matthew, we just saw their questioning. Who's the greatest? Now, there there arose among them an argument as to which of them would be greatest in the dominion of God. Their thinking's wrong. And Jesus, knowing knowing their their secret reasoning, caught hold of a young child and set him by his side and said to them, "Um, whoever on the strength of my self-revelation welcomes this young child, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes him who sent me on my mission for it is he it is he who who from the first is low lowliest among you among all you all that is truly great <coughs> let's go over to Matthew 20 Now, did you you get what he said? Matthew chapter 20. In verse 20. It was then now notice first two times we looked at it it was the disciples that were having this argument it was then that the mother of Zebedee's son's mother of Zebedee's sons came up to him accompanied by her her boys and, and doing and and doing him reverence, ask a favor of him. This is one of those pushy Jewish mothers. And he said to her, What is it that you wish? She said to him, Give orders that these my two sons are are to sit one on the right and right side of you and uh, one on the other side in your dominion. <laughs> I don't know who put her up to this, whether this was her idea or, or the boys, or whether she put this idea in the boys and they were, you know, I don't know. But Jesus ad- addressing her, addressing them, notice He didn't address her, He addressed them. So you can imagine where this started. Do you, not know, do, you, do you not know what you're requesting? Can you endure to drink the cup of woe which I'm about to drink? They said to him, we can. He said to them, you know, they have no idea what they're getting into. He says, my cup of woe indeed you shall drink. Later on they were, they were martyred but a seat on the right side of me and on the other side, it is not my prerogative to grant, but they will be given to those, those for whom they are intended by my Father. Now, Now watch this. And the ten, this wasn't a private conversation. She should have pulled him aside from everybody else. But no, she did this in front of everybody. And the ten, when they heard, heard of the request, were indignant. Now for those of you that don't know what indignant means, they were mad. They were mad with the two brothers. But Jesus, having, having called them to him, said, you know that there are rulers of the Gentiles exercise uh, uh, paramount leadership, l- excuse me, lordship over them, and the greater pers- pers- personages exert paramount authority over them. Not so, not so is it to be among you, but who, whosoever wishes among you to, be, to become great must wait upon the rest of you. In other words, you you become a servant. And whoever among you wishes to be first must be servant of the rest of you. But the Son of Man has, just, just as the Son of Man has come, not to be waited on, but to wait on others, and to give His life as a ransom for the lives of many. And for the sake of time, I'll, I won't go into this, but from verse 29 on down, Jesus deals... He's, he's got this, this mob of people following Him everywhere He goes. And there's two blind men. They start calling out when they heard who it was that was coming. They begin calling out, Son of David, have mercy. And instead of you know, being influenced by all of these people, He stops dead still and calls them to Him. And deals with them. These are two dirty, stinky beggars. I mean, they're blind. They can't see. They can't take care of themselves. Jesus stops. Dead still. What do you want? And they said, that, that you touch our eyes that we might see again. He did, and they did. And they followed Him. He took the dominion that he that he had, he was walking in, and ministered to these people in need. He was servant to them. He was servant to their needs. Okay. Matthew twenty one. You know, sometimes people can, uh, and and you see it it in Hollywood, you see it in singers, they become swayed by the things people say about them. The way people treat them. And they, they allow that to influence them. Jesus has this mob of people, this throng of people following Him. And in the midst of it, stops dead still and, and deals with these two beggars. Matthew 21. Let's go down to verse 21, 28. Uh, these books that we, we ordered are so much nicer than this. The, the the print is is a different print. It's larger. the uh, The lines in between each line is bigger, easier to read. You'll love it. Verse twenty eight. Um, the. Uh, Pharisees, the religious leaders, come to Jesus and they want to know uh, where did you get your authority to do what you're doing? And Jesus throws it back in their face and says, uh, okay, I'll ask you this. And you answer me this, I'll answer you. He said, John the Baptist, when he came, you know, he asked them about John. And they, they, got to, they put their heads together and they said, you know, if we answer him, John came. It was it was a divine thing. Then he will say, "Well, then, why didn't you do what he said?" And so they all got together and said, "We don't know." And so he comes back. He says, "Now, what, what's your opinion?" A man had two children. Uh, coming up to the first, he said, "My my child, go and work today in the vineyard." And he answered and said, "I will." sir, but did not go. And coming up to the second, he spoke in similar terms and he answered, I do not want to go. But afterwards, feeling sorry, he went. Which of the two carried out his father's wishes? They say, he that went, he that went afterward. Jesus said to them, uh, in truth I tell you that that the the customs house in other words the tax collector that's what that's talking about the the uh, customs house of officers and the harlots are going into the dominion of god before you now notice he picks two classes of people that are at the bottom of the social rung this is a jew that's take, collecting taxes for the Romans, mm-hmm. their oppressors. And not only that, when uh, you know, when the, the, the uh, tax bill comes up, you owe me $1.25, they charge $2. Yeah. And they keep 75 cents for them. Yeah. And uh, they were taking advantage of their own people in two different ways. Yes. And then the, the, the prostitutes... They were two of the lowest of the low. And he says, uh, In truth I tell you, the the, uh, customs house officers and the harlots are going into the dominion of God before you. This is a rebuke. You're handling the Word of God. You should know what the Word says about this. But yet you are not doing it. Here are these two lowest of the scum on the earth, and they're hearing the message, and they're going in and doing it. So it was a rebuke. They knew what the Word said, but they weren't. Okay? Chapter 23. One thing I have heard over and over through the years uh, from from other men of God and they have said it is a very dangerous thing to walk up to Revelation and turn around and walk away. It is very dangerous. To To be confronted with the Revelation knowledge of God's Word and then you just go... And you you don't want to do it. Not not smart. Matthew twenty three. We're going to start in verse thirteen. He says, "Woe, woe awaits you." Uh, in in the uh, King James, how does it read that first little part? Go ahead. Scribes. That must when it says divines. That must be the scribes. Yeah. Yeah. Woe, woe awaits you, scribes and Pharisees. Here we go again. Hypocrites. Whew, that's a strong word. Hypocrites that you are because you close the dominion of the heavens in, in men's faces. Now, did you get that? These were the leaders of the church. They are supposed to be leading these people into things of the word. Hypocrites that you are because you close you close the dominion of the heavens in the face, in men's faces. For you do not enter yourselves and you do not let let those who are trying to enter they're wanting they're wanting the word they're wanting to know how to do things you know if you want to uh, use, take a, uh, an example today there are denominations where people are getting filled with the spirit and they know some of these people know that's right they've seen it in the word but their denomination is holding their, their retirement money. And if they rock the boat, they can lose that money. They'll be thrown out. And they said, so they don't, they don't rock the boat of the denomination. And they don't let these people enter in to the more that the Spirit of God is trying to take them into. So you in turn, you may, you may be confronted with the Word uh, and it goes against what you've been taught, but look at the Word itself. What does the Word say? What is the Lord saying to you in the Word? Don't back away from it. Take that step of faith and move on in. Mark, uh, Luke 11, some of you see me flipping pages here and you wonder, is he having trouble trying to find places, find where it is? Some of these scholars uh, put the books together according to what they think is the timeline when they were written. And it's not the King James way. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No. You've got to go jump from one end of the Bible to the other trying to find something. But uh, it's good. Uh, Luke eleven, 52. 52. Where is this? Woe, woe awaits you theologians. Because you have taken away the key that opens up the knowledge of God. You have not entered in into the sphere of that knowledge yourselves. And you have, you have prevented those who are trying to enter. So you can see Jesus' attitude towards the religious leaders was justified. Okay. Let's go back to Mark 10. I have one more verse and we'll be out of here. Mark 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse 13 now the people were bringing to him young children that he might touch them and his disciples checked them but Jesus when he saw it was indignant oops and said to them allow the young children to continue to come unto me do not forbid them do not Forbid these children. For the dominion of God belongs to such characters as theirs. Notice, he doesn't. he's not calling them characters. He talks about their character. For the dominion of God belongs to such characters as theirs. In truth I tell you, whoever does not welcome the dominion of God and, uh, and instructions about it in the spirit of a young child will not enter into it at all. What kind of character do, do young children have? They're, they're trusting... They're teachable, pure. There's not a a, a, a corrupt motive. They're just t- no guile. Yeah, that's true. Ch- a, he's talking about a child's attitude, their character. So he's telling us here. That this is this is us. I want I want you to. Uh, you know, if you, abracadabra. <laughs> you know, if you could write that down real fast. That, is, that would be something good for you to to chew on all week. Take a picture of it with your phone. Everybody's got a smartphone, right? I even heard of one guy that had one of these flip phones that you couldn't, you couldn't do a lot of those things with. He bought him one that was a smartphone. I thought, well, now the majority of us have taken that step over that line. <laughs> But stop and ask yourself Does my character match up with what Jesus is saying? Because we want to enter into the, this dominion realm. One last verse, Luke. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse 16. But Jesus called them to Him, saying, Allow the young children to continue to come to Me, and and do not forbid them for the dominion of God belongs to, to such characters as theirs. In truth I tell you, whoever, whoever does not welcome the dominion of God and instructions about it in, in the spirit of a young child will not enter it at all. Did I just read that? It's, it's similar. It's very similar. You know, sometimes we think, Boy, that child is just as dumb as a brick. <laughs> dumb as a box of rocks. Well, stop and look at their character. Amen. You know, a child can be taught. Yes. They, can, they can increase in their, their knowledge. Yes. Isn't that right, Jacob? Yes. No, but he's going to school. Let's all stand. The reason we're going over these, or let me say it this way, the reason I'm going over these with you is because we want want to see people that have a free flow in the dominion of God. We don't want to see people that there are things clogging the pipe because if the pipe is clogged up the flow of the power that people are needing will be hindered and we're we're looking we're looking to to help people dear god you know if a lot of us are like ostriches. We put our head in the sand and we don't want to see things because they're ugly. And we don't want to see how many people are hurting. What kind of hurting are they dealing with? How long have they been suffering with this? And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard, heard this, this testimony uh, I don't know, four or five times that uh, someone came in came in and sat down this w- one particular case was uh, this this guest came into the pastor's house I think it was the pastor and sat down and the pastor had a had a little child little girl and the little girl came in and walked up to this person and they had i don't remember what kind of Uh, sickness or disease and the little girl came in and and put her hands on them and prayed and, and rebuked the thing and I'm talking about a little kid and the person was healed the sons of De- sons of Zebedee got their act together and changed. They were James and John. James, that's right. James and John. Was that that the sons of thunder? They called. They were wanting to call down fire on on these people because they wouldn't let them stop there and eat or drink or something like. That. Anyway. They wanted to they and the Lord didn't say you can't do that he said you don't know what spirit you are of in other words that's not what we're here what we're about we're not wanting to destroy we're wanting to bring life was that John this this is the guy that's always bugging Jesus and got his head on his chest and stuff and the rest of them... He was the youngest. He changed. Yeah, he changed. James and uh, he and was. So can we? And he yes. was. He was known as. The, <laughs> he was the known as the disciple of or the apostle of love. Yeah. 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 You know, we need to uh, know how close the Lord's coming is. And how many people are going to be left behind if we don't get our act together Mm -hmm. and have an influence? Mm -hmm. Father, we thank You this morning. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father for your, your grace, Your never-ending love, Amen. and Your patience with us. Yes. Yes. I speak for me and my house, but I know that there's an awful lot of people here that want the same thing as I do. We want to step up. We want to move with the Holy Spirit, and be what you need us to be. So we're looking to you this week, Lord, that your Spirit would catch us at a time where we will listen and be receptive to what you want to say. I mean, if we don't get anything out of this week, Lord, cause us to be in a place in a mind where you can speak to us, because we need your help. We thank you, because we know this is the will of God, therefore we know we have what we pray for. So we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll turn and greet someone around you. You're dismissed.